0: Thanks for joining us here on the Tom Robbins Show. I'm Paul Condry. I'm the president and founder of the Regional Radio Sports Network. Tom, to my far right, in the middle, Dr. Marco Clark, the, the brand new... President of Holy Cross College. Glad you can join us here for the inaugural Tom Robbins Show. Tom, I'm excited today here to be a part of this program uh, and get this thing off and, and running. And I know for you, coming off your best season in women's basketball history, uh, in addition to being the athletic director, I know you're excited because the guy here to our to my right and to your left, respectively, has a, a unbelievable athletic tradition coach, understands the dynamics of, of what we're at. So let me start with you. Getting a chance to work with someone who has a really prolific athletic background, how neat is that to be able to go go visit with the the tallest hog in the trough, as they say in Indiana, and be able to sit down and talk shop, athletics?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've really enjoyed uh, Dr. Clark's energies that, that he's brought in to the college, and certainly his athletic background has, has been something that's really encouraged um, our department, all of our coaches. Uh, it was the first thing that our coaches were talking about was his athletic background and he understands coaching, he understands athletics, he understands players mentality and how that fits into the school system, into an institution and what the, uh, what the situation can be from that and what the possibilities are from that. So that's really exciting as an athletic director um, to have someone leading the ship that understands the importance of athletics and how it can serve an institution and, and what strengths, can be used from it
0: 21 years coaching under the belt for you as you're moving forward uh, you're thinking about uh, back to the days uh, you know it's the start of the school year here in early august kids are going to be coming on campus in about uh, two and a half weeks or so give us an idea you're still energetic as you was that first year
1: oh absolutely i think the start of the seasons and particularly soccer coming up for us and of course basketball right around the corner the start of the seasons has always been something for me that's been very exciting uh, the possibilities, the hope, the opportunities, uh, the journey beginning. We we talked about that last week. We had a women's basketball camp here last week, and the theme was the beginning of the journey. And. You know, it's just like anyone who sets out on, say, a a hike with their family or whatever. It's that beginning part of that that journey that's really exciting about what the opportunities are ahead. And that's the way I always see athletics in the beginning of a season. So um, really good things ahead, and we're really excited to get started. Well, let's talk about the
0: landscape of athletics at the NEI before we bring Dr. Mm -hmm. Clark in here. Uh, Obviously, the NEI is always on the change. Uh, I know that there's a wide variety of different uh, associations that uh, colleges can be involved in. Let's talk about the NAIA and how Holy Cross College views the NAIA.
1: I th- I think NAIA is one, is the best organization and uh I know our NCAA people out there would argue with me but the autonomy that they allow for institutions allows things to be very flexible institutions can chart their own course and the NAIA really supports that um and then also the um you know the flexibility within I I was out a lot this last summer and spring on the recruiting trail and Uh, You know, these NCAA guys, when kids are excited and want to go up and talk to them, they they have to give them a hand, you know, (laughs) move away. You can't talk to me, that sort of thing. We can be out there and engage with the people. Um, Our resources allow us, um, you know, to stay within a certain balance um, because we don't have endless resources, and I think that's a good thing. But uh, we're able to be engaging with people, and we don't have all these uh, rules, to, you know, to really worry about, um, and we can uh, get involved with the communities in different ways in different, different forms. So I think the autonomy that they provide and then the relaxed approach, I think, really shows a, a hospitality and the ability for a hospitality.
0: We're going to bring in the, the new president as of July 1st, uh, Dr. Marco Clark. And just to kind of give you some ideas, over 30 years of, uh, of uh, Catholic education uh, under his belt, uh, Dr. Clark, of course, who uh, came from Holy Cross Yep, out east. Yep, yep, so, College uh, of the Holy Cross. Yep. Uh, kind of give us an idea yep. on the, the dynamics. I mean, I know from your standpoint, just looking at some of the numbers here, uh, you're part of the, the Patriot League. You've been a part. Uh, one of the most things that I thought was neat when I was just kind of just diving into something. You won the Unsung Hero Award, yeah. which is presented to the player who supported the team spiritually, emotionally, physically for the good of the team. Yeah. I can't think, Tom, of someone that you'd want to be the head coach of your athletic department hmm. as well as the as the president of the college who has that kind of servants.
2: Mindset. So we welcome in Dr. Marco Clark. Yeah. Great to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's terrific to be here, and thank you for the invitation and for your leadership and, and for drawing attention to the NAIA and especially here at, at Holy Cross College. Um, yeah, you know what? So so uh, athletics has been so much a part of my upbringing. I started as a kid at seven or eight years old, um, was competing in punt, pass, and kick competitions, and advanced uh, from my small town in Fredericksburg, Virginia, onto to the regionals in the Mid-Atlantic, and had a chance actually at uh, a Washington Redskins game at eight, eight years old, nine years old, um, uh, halftime. I participated in the in the regional punt, pass, and kick competition. And so um, – Always driven. Um, I, I would never, ever say I was very talented, frankly. I was just somebody that was gritty and determined and, and became a student of the game. And uh, growing up, uh, was fortunate enough, I grew up in an era, and I, and I wish more kids did it today, but I played three sports growing up, so football and basketball and baseball and well-rounded athlete, always in the backyard playing hoops. And I you know if we could find a ball and a stick, we'd do something. Uh, kids in the neighborhood, uh, find a game that we could play. And, um, and it was really through athletics. I mean, I, I also loved school, um, and I started to get recognized in the Catholic League in the Washington, D.C. area, and, I, and so started to get recruited as a 7th and 8th grader. I mean, imagine that. Of course, there's a lot of that today, 13, 14 years old. And I, I was fortunate enough to go on and, and play at Bishop McNamara High School, which is where my relationship with the Brothers of Holy Cross began. Mm-hmm. Bishop McNamara is located outside of southeast Washington, D.C. in Maryland, Prince George's County, Maryland. Very competitive Washington Catholic Athletic Conference there. Um, I, and, and I was recruited there to play quarterback. Um, I, my freshman year, the, the team won the Washington Catholic Athletic Conference, what they called the Metro Conference in those days, uh, championship. It was the first time in a decade that they did. Um, I then became the starting quarterback as a sophomore, Big shoes to fill. Sure, um, was a three-year starter there. I, I gave basketball a try and decided that was not going to be for me at that level. <laughs> and I, and then I picked up golf. I started playing golf a little bit. So I still continued to play two sports throughout high school. Um, when the recruitment uh, began, um, I, initially I was being recruited by some major Division One uh, colleges in my junior year, and I attended a bunch of camps, did all the things that kids do nowadays to try to get on the radar. Right, worked out real hard and. Um, I went into my senior year and had an okay senior year. I struggled with some injury, and and I, ultimately I was offered a walk-on opportunity at College of the Holy Cross, wh- which really was life-changing for me. Um, I was drawn to Holy Cross as coaching staff. I think that was first and foremost, um, and, I, and and hence was the beginning of a journey that led me here now 35 years later. Um, was never a starter at, at Holy Cross. 1AA football, uh, Patriot League, um, I sat behind my, – my claim to fame, as I always like to say, is that we had a Heisman Trophy candidate two years in a row, 1986 and 1987. 1985, the team went 4-6-1. and one. Um, We had a new head coach that took over in, 1980, in 1986. We went 10-1, and one. Uh, 10 straight wins before losing to Boston College in, in the the final game of the year. We then went 11-0 and 0 and won AA-A playing the very first game on uh, ESPN Thursday night college football, national TV in 1987 against Villanova, who was also 10 and 0. Um, and we finished number one in the country. Um, in those days, the Patriot League didn't sure. participate in the playoffs. So we, we finished um, and uh, and we kept that ranking of number one in the country. Could never call ourselves national champions, though, because we didn't go through the playoff system. Um and uh, so my claim to fame is is that, that I played on the defensive side. I got moved from quarterback in those days. I got moved from quarterback to defensive back. And um, and I sat behind a guy named Gordy Lockbaum. And Gordy was a two-time Heisman Trophy candidate. Was number, he placed second place both 1986 and 1987. And uh, the reason it's my claim to fame is that he played offense, defense, and special teams. And as his backup on defense – If I was any better, he would have never been a Heisman (laughs) Trophy candidate. So uh, Gordy was a year older than me. Uh, Finally, by the spring of my junior year, um, in the second-to-last practice of spring football, somebody rolled on my knee, and I blew my knee. Um, So going into my senior season in 1988, spring of 1988, I I suffered a knee injury, um, worked hard to rehab uh, over the summertime. I re-injured it in the summer, and and I had to make a phone call to the coaches and say, listen, I'm not going to be able to come back. Um, finally, my opportunity to be a starter, or at least compete for a starting position. And um, those coaches, and this is probably, I think, the thing that shaped me more than anything else in my coaching career and, and, and in my career as an educator, those coaches threw me a lifeline. And, and they said, you know what, Marco, your teammates have voted you team chaplain. We were going to let you know when you came back, but I'm going to tell you now, they voted you team chaplain, and uh, we want you to come back and and to be an assistant coach, to be a student assistant. So I was learning from guys in their 20s and 30s um, who now are all coaching in the NFL. Some have since retired, but they've all had prolific careers. My head coach, Mark Duffner, is a special assistant, defensive uh, assistant um, with Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Kevin Coyle who we named our oldest son after was my position coach he's the guy that I sat in meeting rooms and learned things from Tom Rossley Mike Sherman Mike Sherman was the head coach of the Green Bay Packers sure. right he was the offensive line coach for us in those days so these were the guys that I was learning from but that lifeline of of inviting me back to serve in that capacity and then at the end of the year my teammates voted me this unsung hero award winner and um, we went nine and two my senior year started off zero and two after an 11-0 season and um I take a look at it. 1988, you'll see that there was a miracle play on the final kickoff. Um, we we returned to kickoff for a touchdown against Princeton, which turned our whole season around. Um, it, one of those ones, he pitched it back a couple of times. And, sure. and uh, TD, Tim Donovan, who's now a school principal, by the way, uh, TD went into the end zone. We won the game on the last play of the game. And so that turned that whole season around. So so hence it began. I and mean, it was through that time that the coaches helped me to get an internship. I was working with. Uh, juveniles uh, in, a, in a detention center uh, who were not able to attend their public school system. They got me an internship to do that, and it was through that love of working in a mentoring role with those young uh, men and women that, uh, that ultimately got me uh, leaning towards being a school counselor and, of course, continue to pursue my coaching.
0: So why the decision? to come to Holy Cross College at Notre Dame. I know Tom's got to talk about your vision for athletics, but I want to know what was the allure to come to Holy Cross at Notre
2: Dame. Yeah, so, you know what, I I think, um, and I might go back a little bit here because it's all relevant. So when I was a young coach and and trying to decide a path forward after six, seven, eight years, I was eight years in at this point, um, I I was fortunate enough to be at a big all-boys Catholic school, uh, DeMatha High School, and I had a great mentor in Bill McGregor, who continues to be the head football coach there to this day. Um, and uh, coincidentally just hired my son to coach on his staff um, 34 years later now. Um, And Morgan Wooten, God rest his soul, was just a great mentor. That leadership philosophy drove everything. And I I faced a crossroads after eight years. I, I had an opportunity to be a head coach, a head football coach somewhere. I was also offered a college assistant job. Um, although it would have been a back-office job. It would not have been an on-the-field job. Um, and, then I, and, and so I went to Morgan for some advice, and, and Morgan asked why I wanted to do that. And I, I said I wanted to have an impact on people's lives the way that he did. And um, he quoted for me at that time um, Teddy Roosevelt's Man in the Arena. Um, and he said, you know what, if it's about impact for you, I think you ought to think about being the head coach of head coaches. And and so I asked him what he meant by that. I thought he meant athletic director and he said, "No, I think you ought to go into school school leadership, school administration." And so um so fast forward to where I was uh, in 2020 at St. Edward's University in Austin, Texas. I was working, I uh, doing research, writing, publishing, doing a lot of public speaking. Of course, COVID came, so we had to turn all that online and um I, and it was exhilarating, but I was no longer in the arena. I was no longer in the arena. I was no longer able to walk a journey to show direct leadership, to be a part of the, the growth and, and, and involvement with coaches and, and, and faculty and staff and especially students and their families. And so when Holy Cross College called and said, you know what, you've, you've got the background for this, you've raised money, um, you, you've been a, a solid leader, you've, you've turned schools around, you understand the mission and the charism of Holy Cross, would you consider it? Um and immediately it just spoke to my heart and my soul, frankly, and then I, I needed to make sure it talked to my wife, that she would want me to be here, us to be here. So um, so here we are, and it's just a really great blessing in my life.
1: Uh, what, uh, And I know you've talked uh, quite a bit uh, to, our, to our college in the last couple of years about the entire vision for the college in the South Bend community, particularly the athletic department, mm-hmm. your vision for our placement in the South Bend community. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, first off, I think that athletics are so important. You know, frankly, they're another classroom, right? They're a different kind of classroom. And the life lessons that students learn and leadership and sacrifice and hard work and um, being unselfish and and overcoming adversity, right, and teamwork and and, uh, building your self-efficacy and all those sorts of things, that's all a part of athletics. And it also contributes to the greater good of the college, when you've got uh, a, a school pride and involvement and teams that you can cheer on, and um, and I see I see a core of something really special here in our athletics department, um, and I know we had our hardships and had to uh, discontinue some programs back in our financial uh, uh, hardships that led to that. But I think we're at a time now where we've got a, a strong foundation to where we can build it the right way. And and I'd like to see Holy Cross College emerge as a leader in NAIA, um, not only in the four sports that we have, but perhaps other sports as well. And then as well to become a real beacon for this community, right? Of course, we live in the shadow of the Golden Dome, right? So so we don't seek or aspire to to do that. But what is our niche? Can we find our niche in, in within the community? This is a great opportunity for student-athletes to continue their, their inter, intercollegiate careers and, uh, and be able to do it in a, in a pure competitive way uh, that ultimately is going to help them open doors to a degree. And that's really what it's all about.
0: When you look at the landscape of education-based athletics, whether it be at the NCAA level, or at the NEI level, or even just coming down to the, the high school level, the, the NIL uh, situation yeah. is, is a scary, scary walk we're all on. We're all kind of learning as we go. It's not something anybody has a quick fix, or even if it's fixable at this stage, maybe the horse is already out of the barn and we can't get it back. So let's just talk about the overall landscape yep. of education-based athletics and how it is going to really come down to being – what Holy Cross College at Notre Dame is all about. How is it going to zero in on you,
2: as you can see here in this uh, August of 2023? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's um, NIL, and um, it certainly has changed things. The transfer portal has changed things. It's changed the way students, coaches have to recruit those um, student-athletes, how they package it, um, how they present themselves, right? But I still believe, um, I still believe that the best – programs their coaches are the greatest teachers and leaders and and so I think if we can stay focused on forming young men and young women um, to fulfill their god-given potential to utilize this platform of athletics to springboard to their future if we can stick with that message I think it's going to help us to be successful because, you know, students and families, this is what they're looking for. They're looking for a place that's going to that's going to love their kid, that's going to care for their kid, that's going to challenge their kid to grow, to become the best person that they can be. And, and so now I will say, as a former student athlete, I didn't like the fact that um, I didn't have any money, never had any money. I'm first gen. I came from a working class household. So I think that that if we can figure out NIL in such a way that that, that at least creates a leveler playing field, these these kids are, are putting in a lot of effort on behalf of their college and university. And in some cases, those colleges and universities are reaping millions. And so those students should get a part of that in some way. But I think we need to figure out we got to level the playing field. Right now, it's a it becomes a bidding war and 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 it's an arms race, right? And 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 those with the strongest and those with the most, those with the deepest pockets, are the ones that are winning, and and that's unfortunate. It, it, we're losing a sense of team and loyalty. And um, gosh, one of my really good friends, his son is Caleb Williams, a quarterback at USC. Right? He's in a whole different place, you know, and and. Um, I making millions as the quarterback at USC and Mm -hmm. millions more to come and a really good human. He's very well grounded young man. Now I hope that the Irish will, will, uh, you know, take it to him (laughs) later this fall. But, uh, but, you know, I I think it's, it's difficult if he didn't have that grounding. You know what? I think it's, it's dangerous. It's risky. And, and, uh, and what are we setting our students up for if we're not providing them with a strong foundation?
0: Tom, 21 years behind you now. Looking at uh, coming up here, 22 and beyond. Uh, you, we've all been influenced. This is by our high school coaches, our college coaches, whatever the case. Doctor Clark, same th- thing with you. When you look back on those coaches that influenced you, uh, Billy Graham once said that a, a coach can make an impact uh, on a student uh, far more than any probably anybody else is going to be in their lifetime. So let's talk about the, the mission. That you're really, really on, and that's trying to impact the lives of kids. There were people who impacted your lives, and you're trying to, if you use the, the corny phrase, pay it forward. Mm-hmm. But it's really the truth. So talk about the importance of uh, continuing
1: on what has happened to you in the past. Absolutely, and, you know, that's the... Uh... That's the beauty of school sports or school-based athletics is it's within that context of education and preparing you for the next step in your your journey in life. And uh, we've all had those great influencers in our lives. And then to be able to do that for that next group, for that next generation. And you asked me uh, when we first started about, you know, are you still excited about you know after twenty one years of coaching, are you still excited about the new season ahead and and it's a resounding yes, but it's, it's' a resounding yes because of what you just talked about right there. It's a fresh new group of young people these These young people are not the same individuals that I coached twenty years ago. These are different individuals, and each year presents that challenge and to help those individuals move forward and overcome the challenges that are ahead of them and overcome the challenges that they don't even know are coming and to give them the skills to do that, I think, is uh, a great blessing to be a part of, uh, to be able to give that and uh, have a life. Uh, once you're done with coaching, to have a life look back of, of being able to do that and have given that to so many people is a tremendously rewarding thing.
0: Dr. Clark, I think if we look back on the the ultimate coach, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. Talk about servants' leadership. I mean, uh, I think that some of the people that you've talked about who influenced your life, uh, to have, a, have a, a servant's heart like Jesus, I certainly think at this stage uh, in today's society with all the uh, the craziness going on in our world here in 2023 and all kinds of things that, that are totally out of our control, but if people can see Jesus in how we act, behave, how we talk, how we run our programs, how we run this institution, Holy Cross at uh, Notre Dame, I think people are going to, that's automatically going to draw people there. And Tom and I were talking earlier about, you know, mission strips and things that are stuff like that are always an important part of different things. Can you speak to the, the mindset of being in this a Christ-centered institution? Uh, first and foremost, I mean, the Brothers of the Holy Cross, we talked about that. And one interesting thing people may or may not know, Dr. Clark is the first president of Holy Cross who's not a Holy Cross brother or priest, And so you bring a, I think, nothing against anybody else in the past, but you bring a fresh, you've been out in the real world and you got knocked around a lot. I mean, failure is the greatest teacher in the world. Now you're going to bring that Christ-centered mindset here to this institution. So I I know that's a long thing to talk about, but in our closing moments here, share your vision on that.
2: Yeah, well, you know, we've got Scripture to rely on. Um, Certainly, um, Scripture talks about the gifts of the Spirit, and there are multiple gifts, right? There are multiple gifts. All of us bring so so I, I look at it from an institution perspective you've got we 've got tremendous faculty in theology and in chemistry and in business and in computer science and so many other uh, departments and divisions there in English equally so is with our coaches, right? And and so their gift of the spirit, right? The Any great work, Congregation of Holy Cross says that any great work is not the work of one hand alone, it's the hands of many. Exactly. So we're all the hands and the feet and the legs and the heart and the mind, the eyes, the voice of Christ. And, and, um, and so we have to see that within ourselves each and every day that that is at the very core of who we are, what it is that we do. And, you know, the greatest team of all that was ever assembled were those 12 uh, unusual young men that were called by Christ as his apostles, right? right. And, and, um, and he assembled them. They, they weren't the likely characters to do this kind of thing. And now 2,000-plus years later, look at where we are. Those teams, they learned to love each other. They learned to trust each other. They communicate with each other, and they hold each other accountable. And I've been convinced in all my years as a coach and, and being involved in education that it's not the most talented teams that win, right? Um, as a matter of fact, the most talented team that I ever played on went 4-6-1. and one. The most talented team that I ever coached lost um, in a championship game and in and, and a very winnable game, um, the following year, we had lost all that talent in each of those cases, and and yet it was the love, it was the trust, it was the communication, it was the unselfishness. So I think if there's a great lesson that we're teaching through athletics, that's it right there. That 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 team of twelve that was assembled by Christ. The teams that win are the teams that that love and put each other above themselves, and and that's that's what I get excited about here. Is that is that I see that esprit de corps. And, and and it's there's a good core and it's growing and it's growing and so um, we figure that out we continue to figure that out and we've got great leadership under coach robbins as the athletic director that's going to be the ticket to our success and it's also going to think be what's distinctive about this place ultimately you know you want to uh, people will say well how will you know when you're successful with with holy cross athletics well you know what come back in 30 years When these men and women, these young men and women, are now adults in society and will tell you that we were successful right? uh, by the way that they're living their lives as adults in society later on.
0: Tom, just a sneak preview of some things coming up here in the fall at Holy Cross College at Notre Dame. What are you excited about the most?
1: Really excited to to see how we continue um some of the successes we started last year uh the tennis program really ending things on a on a high note for us for the for the year and and seeing how they continue that uh success fully expect that to happen our our soccer teams uh really got a lot of good momentum going with our fall uh soccer season coming up, so really excited about that and then both basketball teams have been young the last couple of years and we're in a position where we're looking to turn the corner uh, with both teams. So I think there's a lot of excitement ahead for us.
0: Well, in closing, I can tell you, i never forget the, The conversation I had with the legendary, God rest his soul, Bob Schirmerhorn, the former Marine, who was the men's basketball coach, who said to me uh, when he hired us to do Holy Cross basketball, he says, Paul, I "I don't want you to judge us here by this first year. I want you to be able to judge us 20 years from now if we got the ball going in the right direction. And I certainly think uh, somewhere that old Marine is, is thinking right now as he's hanging out with Jesus, they got the ball rolling in the right direction.
2: Thanks for being here, Dr. Clark. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's an exciting time for us and uh, more things to come. We've got some renovation projects underway that's going to support athletics. Um, uh, We're looking at uh, installing a new soccer field um, here in the next uh, 12, 18 months or so. So hopefully in preparation for the next season, um, uh, locker room renovations and additions. And then we're going to look at future programs. And, hey, listen, all the rave is pickleball. We've got pickleball courts out there now, too. So let's (laughs) keep that on the future horizon, too. All right,
0: that's going to do it here for our broadcast here of the Tom Robbins Show. I'm Paul Condry, president of Regional Radio Sports. A special thanks to Dr. Marco Clark for being with us here today. And don't forget uh, to stay tuned for our next edition of Holy Cross College at Notre Dame Athletics.